Greetings and welcome to the Sunlam ESG Barometer Series, where we will be digging deeper into the insights derived from the 2023 installment of the Sunlam ESG Barometer. My name is Andile Kumalo and welcome to Episode 4. Environmental, social and governance imperatives have become fundamental to how businesses make investment decisions and in 2021, flows into ESG investments reached a pinnacle when the market saw an estimated $120 billion flow to sustainable investments. The Sanlam ESG Barometer, in partnership with Business Day, is the first to assess how JSE-listed companies are actively improving environmental and social outcomes in the societies that they serve through their various activities. Now, today at the BDTV studios, I'm joined by two experts to discuss the theme, what is the importance of the S in ESG for financial services. First up, I have Nozio Zavunda. She is the head of the Sunlam Foundation. And of course, I have my regular guest, the Chief Sustainability Officer at Sunlam, Mr. Abel Sakao. A warm welcome to you both, especially you, Nozizwe. Thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to start with you um, because we need some, to get some definitions correct. I think environmental is, is clear. Mm. I think governance is relatively clear because business people have dealt with governance generally mm. in their own private environments. Mm. But social is not very, very clear. So uh, from what I could deduce, this is about how the company relates to its employees, its customers, its suppliers, and its communities. Mm. Why is the S in ESG so important for companies? Mm. So, Andile, I mean, uh, I think it's important uh, for companies um, to really be clear in terms of how they show up in society. Um, and so whether, like you're saying, um, it is how uh, companies uh, treat employees, so labor relations, um, how it is that they engage with their supply chain, are their supply chains ethical or not, um, human rights, um, it, again, relating whether to employees or to um, in, in terms of their supply chain, is their supply chain ethical in the way they behave, um, you know, etc. All of those things are, import, are important. Um, for me, in particular, in terms of my work that I do at the Sanam Foundation, it's how we show up in communities um, and whether we invest uh, meaningfully in the communities where we operate and where we do business. Um, so all of those things, yes, are very important um, in terms of how companies um, engage in that way, um, you know, uh, with, with the S. And the, with the introduction mm. and um, obviously the media attention that ESD Mm. has been deriving for the past few years. Mm. Do you think there's now a difference between, call it CSI, mm. and the social in ESG? And I'll tell you why. Mm. Because, you know, companies have mm. always done something for the communities. Mm. But it was always a mm. donation to a local mm. school, maybe build a local clinic. Mm. It was never really core to the business of what they mm. do. It was always the other thing we do. But we had to make profit. Mm. But we also take care of certain mm. things in the community. Mm. With, the e with the advent of ESG, it seems to me that the S has gotten some prominence. Mm, absolutely. I'd agree with you. Um, I think that, uh, interestingly enough, um, you know, ESG are called uh, you know, the non-financial um, you know, implications of, 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 of a company. But actually, they have very real financial implications in terms of the share price. Um, so, yes, um, companies uh, traditionally in the past used to do a CSI, um, you know, that really didn't have, if you um, would say, like, a, you know, implications for the bottom line. But ESG, uh, the S in ESG does have an implication on the bottom line um, in many different ways. So I'd agree with you there that there has been that shift. And I think it's for the better. Um, because now there's uh, a price, right, for companies that are not going to be investing in the S and not going to be, you know, um, behaving correctly in terms of the S. Absolutely. Mm. While I have you on what you do at the foundation, um, one of the episodes of this series, 
um, one of our guests was talking about the UN SDGs. Mm. And the point that she was making was that it is their recommendations as consultants to tell their clients, companies like yourself as Sanlam, mm -hmm. that pick the SDGs that are closest to your core business. Mm -hmm. How did you, as the Sanlam Foundation, end up mm -hmm. in your scope? I mm -hmm. mean, I know that your scope involves a lot of education and other elements. Maybe mm -hmm. take us through what the scope sure. is and why is it that you, you decided on what you decided on? Sure. So in terms of, so the Sanam Foundation um, operates in South Africa, but also in other um, Sanam Alliance uh, territories across the continent. Um, so the three key pillars that we contribute towards in terms of South Africa, the triple BE scorecard, is socioeconomic development. Right. So that's where our education portfolio sits, and we start right from early childhood development um, throughout the entire value chain. Uh, we also do um, enterprise and supplier development, um, where we support entrepreneurs, um, which is you know um, so important in our context. And then we also do consumer financial education, where we target specifically um, low-income individuals, be they at work sites or blue-collar workers, or in, in other sorts of um, areas like in normal com in communities. Um, and we give them financial education. And the aim there is to eventually empower people um, that hopefully one day we can break the cycle of, of poverty by, by empowering them with that type of knowledge. Gotcha. So that's a scope. We also, do, um, we also run the um, staff volunteerism program of um, the Sanlam, of Sanlam Group. And finally, um, like I said, uh, we um, run CSI programs throughout the continent wherever Sanlam Alliance operates. Got you, got you. Um, Abel, let me come to you. Going back to the issue of <coughs> the focus on social versus perhaps the other elements of ESG, I typically find that the West seems to be quite focused and over-indexed the environment and climate change. And the social issues, which probably uh, impact um, you know, more developing countries like South Africa and the rest of the continent, are not as top of the agenda in places like Europe and the U.S. as they probably should be in, in the continent of Africa. However, our companies tend to mimic those companies, though, right? Because we almost, we almost follow the trend that they set on most things, whether it's technology, uh, trends of uh, how, to, how to treat employees. Uh, do you, are you a little concerned that maybe, you know, JC-listed companies and companies that are listed in other exchanges may follow that trend of indexing on environment when actually they are probably more compelling issues on social. Absolutely. And, and I agree, uh, Andy, with you. Uh, you look at Africa, we've got the youngest population uh, in the world, and that is expected to uh, uh, continue for uh, years to come. And when you look at, you know, the developmental issues of Africa, whatever we do, we need to address the challenges that are faced mainly by the youth. And for us, you know, on an African continent, you know, the S has got a voice. You know, unlike the environment, uh, there is no voice to it, but the S has got the voice. And we have experienced that in South Africa, where that voice actually came in the fourth, uh, during the July unrest in South Africa. So it's important for us to understand uh, the S better and not do ESG to chase ratings because then you get to the top, but you are surrounded by a sea of poverty as a company. And South African history in terms of mining, where you suddenly have uh, minerals that are depleted, mines have closed, you end up with ghost towns, you know, they are all littered across South African uh, gold belt, you know, welcome, culturally. And it's that whole realization that development cannot happen without taking communities and other stakeholders 
uh, along and making sure that that economic activities does not result in short-term profit, but it results in sustainable profit that's able to uh, catalyze additional economic activities mm -hmm. so that if that particular anchor economic activity ends, there is a, a plethora of other economic activities that are able to sustain communities. So for us, the S is important, mm -hmm. and it has to have a voice that is extended in the rating agencies so that for an African organization, the S weighs more, mm. you know, from a, a, a weighted perspective mm. than the other elements because that's our need today. Right. Nozizu, let me come back to you. Mm. Back now to financial services, mm. the industry that you are in. Mm. You are Africa's largest non-banking financial services player. You referenced the Alliance um, a Partnership. Mm. How then does the S now play when it comes to access to financial services? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen an advent of technology, especially mobile technology, mm -hmm. that's you know, brought in and co-sourced and, mm -hmm. and, and kind of co-attracted many mm -hmm. people onto financial transactions thanks to the growth and development, especially around technology. What then becomes the role of players like Sanam and other uh, uh, colleagues of yours in financial services mm -hmm. to make sure that our people do get access to those services that sometimes seem unattainable mm. unless you are of a certain income bracket. Mm, absolutely. So, um, I mean, financial inclusion is one of the key elements that is actually scored um, in uh, the ESG uh, scores. Um, and um, so that's a big uh, focus area um, for um, us at Sanlam. Um, so Abel, um, myself, and our colleague um, who's head of transformation work very closely together right. to um, create what we call shared value for the Sanlam group. And uh, part of that shared value is, like you say, um, I mean, uh, you know, insurance penetration in many African countries ex is extremely low. It's as low as sometimes 6%. Um, and um, obviously, we want to be able to, um, to harvest um, and, and to be able to, to, to plow into those communities so that we are able to then, um, you know, have a, a market, right? Um, so it, it behoves us, therefore, to invest in those communities. Like I was saying, we start right from the beginning of the uh, value chain in terms of um, early childhood development and other um, elements like um, you know, supporting um, you know, SMMEs and consumer financial education. So what we try and do is to make sure that we have an ecosystem Right. It's not just about, you know, we want a, cl a client and we it's just a, a purely transactional. We want to actually invest in the community so that we are able to develop over time a meaningful um, market and an active, um, engaged, um, you know, uh, economy in each of the territories where we absolutely. operate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Abel, let's perhaps move now to some examples of what happens if you don't do it right, right? So we, we've got some examples that happened over the years, and I had a look at a few. Um, I remember if you remember what happened to Nike back in the 1990s, uh, where they were criticized worldwide for labor practices at some of their manufacturing facilities, uh, things like poor working conditions, child labor, I remember, was a big kind of headline for, 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 for them in that story. And the rest of the world turned their backs on Nike for a few years until they had to resolve that. Whilst Fargo, somebody that's in your industry of financial services, uh, they had uh, some rogue employees open accounts without the consent of those customers. And that led to trust in that company uh, reducing. And financial services is indeed all about trust. Just reflect for me some of the lessons we can learn that companies can learn from these kind of headline stories when they don't pay attention 
to exactly where we started with Nozizo, talking about what the S means. It means your customers. It means your employees. It means your communities. It means all the people that are value chain, but more about them as part of society as opposed to just being a resource. Do you think companies were able to pick up any specific lessons? And if so, which ones for you kind of stand out? Yeah. So, so I, I think, Adila, the first recognition that companies should understand is that uh, when you look at your customers, your employees inside your organizations are your employees. But when they go outside your organization, they uh, become they become your customers. And through their relatives, their relatives are also part of your customer base. So companies cannot have a one-sided view to think that our employees are different from our customer. If you take that understanding to say your employees are your customers, whatever you do inside your company in terms of treating your employees, you must make sure you also extend it outside from an ethical basis that you also treat your customers the same. Because your employees become the voice of a company outside the organization but they are also able to come and rebel against the company when they are in communities. So this notion that, you know, employees will accept an ethical behavior because they are always uh, interested in maintaining their salaries. It's a fallacy. It does not exist anymore, Mm. especially from a landscape. Because then those are the employees who are able then to go outside and report the best an ethical behavior of an organization because on the other side they are affected by the decisions that companies make so it's important that when you have an, a, a, a focus on ethical esg approach on an s-legs you are consistent in your behavior and you understand what matters what matters is not about only profit but it's on how you generate those profit whether are they destructive or are they regenerative? So we're looking at regenerative profits from an S perspective. Got you. Got you. Nozizo, before I conclude, mm. um, sometimes mm. the S in ESG can be seen to be something that goes parallel to the organization and not part of the organization. Mm. And uh, many organizations out there, their CEOs, their boards, and what they spend, you know, the lion's share of their time and energy mm. is about delivering the profits of the business. And this other thing called social is another thing. How do you ensure in your environment at Sunlam, mm. the Sunlam Foundation, its objective, its activities, mm. get the right support all the way from financial mm. um, kind of budget allocation, but also just share a voice and, and, and their time and your time in the shine or in the light mm. uh, when it comes to engaging with the exco and the mm. boards? How do you make sure you infuse that? And what are some of the lessons that you've kind of seen, the things that work mm. to make sure that development and social impact mm. sits in the core of the organization and not as a sideline? Mm. So, I mean, uh, one example I can give you is that uh, the chairman of the Sanam Foundation Trust is a CEO, uh, Paul Henrati. So that should tell you something, that he's directly involved in um, terms of what the foundation is doing and how it is that we show up in That's communities. Um, and so when he makes decisions as CEO, he's got at the back of his mind his role as chair of the foundation as well. And so it all integrates Andile. You, you know, you can't do things um, right. sort of separately. 
Um, so, so that's one example. But we also have a very involved in terms of our board of trustees. Um, um, you know, Abel, myself, and like I was saying, our colleague Ray Ann, who heads up transformation, we all report into what's called the Social Ethics and Sustainability Committee. Yeah. And so the entire Sunlam Limited uh, board is also interested in what it is that we're doing in terms of you know, how we show up in terms of the S. Um, and I mean, I could go on and on and on. Our communities, the way that we engage with them, are interested. There's, 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 there's um, I think it's, it's um, a, a little bit, um, you know, um, it, it's, it's, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm looking for. Uh, it's, it's it, one thing. It, 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 yes. It's integrated. But, but, but also that it's, it's fake. It's, it's fake to say that things are separated. They, gotcha. they, they're in silos. I think all of these things really do yeah. come um, into, into one. Yeah. They come together. Mm. That's actually a very good point about mm. the CEO being the chairman of the foundation. That mm. makes a lot of sense. Mm. Thank you very much, you both, for your time. Really do appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, that brings us to the end of episode four of the Sunlam ESG Barometer Series. Tune in again next time for episode five. There we will be discussing prioritization of ESG impact over ESG rankings. Interesting topic. Until then, goodbye.